I was born in Iran, bred in the U.S., and awakened abroad. I spent many months of my life traveling the world. As a kid, growing up in war and turmoil. As a teenager, going after my dreams and curiosities. As an executive with business priorities. And as a parent with the enormous responsibility and the desire to raise worldly children. I'm obsessed with cities that I've never been to and people I've never met. And I adore the places that I've been to and the relationships and experiences that have made me who I am. I have lived in four different continents. I speak three languages fluently. I cheer for at least five different nations in the World Cup. And yes, there is an order to that, but I won't disclose it because it could get me killed. I'm married to an Italian and mother to two incredibly smart and inquisitive kids. I'm a citizen of the world. My name is Mondana Milano, and I am the Chief Media Officer at Fallon. Celebrating the work, lives, and achievements of women in Western North America. The Drum presents Exceptional Women Out West, hosted by the Drum North America Editor-at-Large, Doug Zanger. Let's start with three questions. Question number one. I'm glad you picked this one. Not a lot of people pick this. This is a good one. If you weren't doing this as a career, what would you be doing? So many things, but I think at the heart of it, it would be either a bookstore owner or a cartographer. Of maps. Of maps. Yes. Why I actually didn't that? know that a word existed when I was younger. It was only later <laughs> that I realized what a cartographer right. is. Right. I mean, bookstore owner, because I love books, I love reading, and I love people. So it's almost like how I would spend an ideal day. So that one's easy. That one's, So I want to um, go back to the cartographer thing. Yeah. So, so I think that in your introduction, you pointed out that you've... You've been to a few places? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think maps are fascinating, right. I think. But the irony is that they're always looked at so literally and so one-dimensionally. But in reality, there's so much history and culture in every line, every curve that you see on a map. So, yeah, it would be amazing if I, you know, if I had the skills and the knowledge to be able to travel the world and be able to draw these unconventional maps. I mean, how cool is that? Well, what's interesting about maps is they they change a lot more than people realize. That's true as well. Yeah. Very much so. But I guess, I mean, even to your own point, it's you look at maps and what we're used to kind of like calling maps is really nothing but political borders. So it's really, really cool to be able to think of this world or even this universe as it would represent different things, people, culture, food, even death. Like, right. You don't ever see maps in those terms. And yeah, right. it would be cool to be like a badass cartographer. <laughs> <laughs> is that a business idea? <laughs> I think that, that could be a business idea. They're celebrity chefs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Next question. What's the most important decision that people can make in their careers and more specifically, most important decision women can make in their careers? I think for women, especially, I would say is compromising or actually not compromising because for so long we've been taught that we can't have it all, that you always have to let go of something in order to gain something else. So yeah, working 50 times harder than most male counterparts, getting less credit, less pay sometimes trying to hold up your responsibilities as a parent, Mm -hmm. as a mother, maintaining your own growth, you know, intellectually as a human being. Right. It's exhausting to be a woman these days. And and so much of it comes down to, oh, well, I guess I can't do this. So I'm willing to let go of that in order to do X, Y, and Z. And a lot of it is the society and the system, especially corporate America, when you think of it, wasn't really built to accommodate or even 
set women up for success. And I think that's changing, though. I think because of other brilliant women pushing the boundaries and because of all the wonderful and supportive men who are contributing to the momentum, I think a lot of those limitations are being removed. But it's important to think that you don't have to give up home for a career or no, vice versa, right? No, it's just, it's so exhausting to think that, right. that, that we have to do that because we're human beings first. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and it's, you do want to have a level of separation. So it's, you don't want work to bleed into life it's a, and, mm-hmm. and the other way around. But someone had said to me once, it's about integrating it. Mm-hmm. And it's not about, you know, well, work and life. It's are not that it's black a, and white. Right. It's, yeah. it's like we're in like this really interesting gray area right now. And our kids see, you know, see the manifestations of that. And you're right. This Mm -hmm. is a very different time than it was in like the 70s or Mm -hmm. the 80s. Yeah, it's true. And I think a lot of it is also having like integration is a really great word to actually describe it. I think a lot of it is also being able to rely on a team, a team at home, a team as a friend, a team at work. When you think of it like 60s, 70s, 50s, whatever, men didn't do that. They didn't have to choose between a home life or a career. I went to work and I came home and that was my (laughs) scotch. Exactly. Darling, where's dinner? We just found the right way <laughs> to manage right. having the scotch and, right. you know, the expectations and priorities and responsibilities because they, they, they had other partners helping them in other, right. you know, parts of their lives. So I think we're getting there. Speaking from the, at least my experience and hopefully my male counterparts as well, <laughs> it's more fun now. Yeah. It just feels like that you're right. There's still a tremendous mm-hmm. amount of way to go here. A tremendous amount of effort that still needs to be made. It'll be more fun for our kids. And that's I'm convinced. And I was just going to say that and that's the whole point yeah. is that they're seeing that everyone's lifting up the same thing together mm-hmm. as opposed to it just being one person taking so true. on the share. So. so true. But yeah, really don't compromise your values, no. your capabilities, your dreams, find a way to make it work and go to people that can help you, you know, mm-hmm. find those advocates and people that are willing to set you up for success. What are you inspired by? I'm inspired by so many things, good and bad, pretty and ugly, <laughs> old and new, here and there. Right, right. <laughs> but mostly I'm inspired by people. I love those who have a purpose and who are able to project that purpose into the world and for others. Being optimistic, having dreams, working hard, going after what you're passionate about and having integrity and not letting fear hold you back, but also being kind. I think our business is full of egoistic, a lot of self-loving, destructive and opportunistic characters. Mm-hmm. And when you find a kind soul, it's it's a breath of fresh air. So yes, inspired by people with an aura of positivity and drive who are also kind, very kind. Kindness is a beautiful thing, isn't it? It really is. Yeah, I love that. Uh, and I, I love that we're moving more towards that. Thank goodness. Right? Thank and not goodness. expecting anything in return. You can't be kind and I, expect. Totally. <laughs> So as the ping pong is happening behind us, we are sitting right. outside. It's a gorgeous day in Beautiful. Los Angeles. Let's go to the must list. What is a must read? Well, I'm not much into fiction, so I don't read novels, but I have a pretty good list for nonfiction. One of the books that I've read many, many years ago, but I still go back to is Mark Doughty's Still Life with Oysters and Lemon. 
Interesting. I mean, Why? I love everything that he writes. Right. Um, he's but, a poet okay. and creative writer, but he just has this beautiful poetic way of playing with the words that you just cannot forget. And in this particular book, he muses on the idea of balance. So balance, the, the thing that's ever fleeting, right? Balance, people, relationships, objects, belongings. It's really the understanding of art, the essence of art, and right, encouraging right. us to pursue beauty, um, but also being okay with imperfections. And it's beautiful. It's a beautiful piece of literature on, on life, on art, on the cycle of being, whether mm -hmm. you know, as souls and as objects and the relationship in between. I highly encourage it. it. It really is fascinating. And I think it's one of those books where you wish it would never end, right? Uh, but it eventually does. But it, it leaves you with something deep, deep inside. That's cool. What's a must do? Living in a new country. Mm -hmm. I think learning a You've new culture. You've lived in four. Continents. Continents. <laughs> four continents. Continents. Um, countries probably a little bit more because I also lived abroad as a student. Got so okay. um, a few more. Okay. But yeah, learning a new culture, a language, it's eye-opening and it gives you perspective and a new depth in how you see the world and kind of figure out your place in it. I don't understand people who aren't interested in that. It always fascinates me. I would tend to agree. Now, yeah, in fairness to them, it, who knows? But yeah, of course. I guess we're wired sure. a different way. No, that's that's good though. What, in your experience, what was, what country was really interesting that surprised you? The one that I had a very sort of like a strange connection to was Argentina. Really? Yeah, I lived there in for Buenos a while. Aires. In Buenos Aires and in Rosario. Okay. And I. I just loved it so much, you know. I, I studied the language, I had friends, I I felt very close to the culture, the mm -hmm. food, the, the happenings, and uh, and you also, like, it's also like those formative years, like your right. early 20s, you're still a oh, college student, you're still that. trying to figure, yeah, <laughs> broke, but, you know, excited yeah, about everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I definitely had a very close connection to that place, and I'd love to go back. How many languages do you speak? I speak three fluently. I understand a couple more, but not enough to be able to actually so speak it. What um, English, um, Farsi, and Spanish. Okay. What are the other two? I can understand Italian. Uh -huh. I probably wouldn't be able to, you know, right. project back. And probably a little bit of French if it's written. Uh, right, right. If they speak it, no, there's no hope. But if I see the words, <laughs> I can I can tell. Okay. Um, what's a must experience? I think hitting a low. Hitting a low, I think... That's a good answer. I think we're so focused always, all the time, on hitting the highs every day that you really forget what it actually feels to hit a low and what you learn from it. And by low, I don't mean a failure. And failure is okay, too. But right, right. Um, I think a low, it could be a really crappy day, a hard conversation, maybe the realization that you're doing something that you have no passion for. Right, that right. you're letting go of your own values or you lost something or someone that you really, really loved personally or professionally. It right. happens at work, you sure. know, often. And I think they're all lows and they make you feel and they make you think. And the point is not to be taken down by it. Right. The point is to let that feeling linger in a little bit and come what out of it. Great answer. I yeah. love that. I love that. Oh, my gosh. What's a must learn? A must learn. This is actually one of the things that I myself think about all the time. Mm -hmm. I would love to learn a new hobby as an adult. Um, That's another great one. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I think Collecting stamps? 
uh, <laughs> I don't know. I did collect erasers for many years. Okay. Uh, I think we stop learning once we get sucked into the real world and we focus on grown-up stuff like right, right. becoming successful, building a career, getting good at what we do, making more money. And if there's any effort put into learning, it's usually learning that contributes something to your job or what's expected of you and your career path. And we forget about hobbies. We completely forget that, yeah. hey, we're human beings. Like. Right. What about picking up a bicycle and learning how to ride it or learning right. how to do this that you never did? Signing up for a class, learning something new, but as an adult, right. I love that. Right. That's a great answer. What's a question you've never been asked that you'd like someone to ask you and what would that answer be? Maybe what is the skill that I don't have now that I wish I did? Another interesting mm. one. How would you answer that? I have a two-prong answer for you. Okay, all right. I like <laughs> um, it. If it were a supernatural skill. I like where you're going with <laughs> I like the cut of the jib here. Okay. I would choose time travel. Who wouldn't? Right? What year would you go to? Probably the 60s. Interesting. Yeah. Like California I really 60s feel or like where? Where? That's a I think key consideration. Everywhere here. 60s. Okay. I feel I feel like I really missed out on a big party. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to go back and knock some on that door. I wish they missed that party. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd love to see that. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. All right, and then mm. what's the second part of the answer? Uh, the realistic one, I think, is really learning and understanding the world economy because I envy those who do, and it just feels so complex complex and so intimidating to me and I would love to one day join in on that conversation and actually have a point of view that's legitimate and thoughtful right, and right. valid so yeah I, I would love for that scale to be gained here's where I compliment you now I'm, I'm good I've just met you and we've just gotten to know each other a little bit so where I compliment you number one is just your perspective on everything. I like the fact that you just, I mean, balance again, that's the word that's the loaded word, right? But I mm -hmm. think that you've put everything in a line, not that it's balanced, but you put it in a line that makes it interesting and seamless in a lot of ways. And I think that is a very challenging thing to do. I think that's an incredibly challenging thing to do. It takes a lot of passion. Absolutely, absolutely. And commitment, but yeah. I, I love the fact that you advocate, you know, being worldly and learning things and opening your worldview. I think that's, that's huge. I, I have to talk about a work thing, though. Yeah. The big P word, programmatic. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow it found its way into this conversation. It, it's, well, it, <laughs> well, al yeah, it, yeah, it, always, ends up, it always ends up coming back to programmatic in some it. way, shape, or form. I love how honest you are about it. <laughs> I love how you are not afraid to say the unpopular thing. Which is? You just, you identify that it's an important tool, but you yeah. also are conscious of like its power and where it's good and where it can improve. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of people are looking at it as the savior of the everything. The end all be all. Yeah, kind of. and that really, as somebody who came up on the creative side of things, kind of pisses me off a little bit. It's also bit. scary. It's kind of scary, right? Mm -hmm. And we'd mentioned gray area earlier. Mm -hmm. As it relates to programmatic, we're in this really weird 
gray area, whether it's transparency, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, does creative actually matter? So what I appreciate is that you're asking more questions mm-hmm. and demanding more conversation about it as opposed to just saying, Boop, that's yep. great. So that's that's scary. where I compliment you. Is that, is that accurate? Is I'll that take accurate? whatever I can. Absolutely. I, I think <laughs> I, never, I never thought programmatic and compliment could be woven into to, to I'll a take thing, it as a compliment. Yes. I think it's exactly what you said. I think it's kind of like defining the role of marketing automation in our world is right. so important. How much do you rely on it? How much do you control right. it? And how much can you help evolve it? That's the part that makes programmatic actually interesting and valuable at its face value it's nothing more than a form of buying a transaction that can happen in so many different ways but i think it's really trying to figure out what good does it do to this world right and i don't mean by by world i don't mean world peace i mean no, 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 world I, of advertising right right no, i get that yeah <laughs> so so i think yeah i mean especially at fallon coming from such a creative sort of powerhouse you you cannot help but question and try to figure out the right way to bring that to life and and take advantage of it there's so many great things about you know the the new ad tech world that is exciting right. and also scary but there's also so many things where you're like really like we're going to spend our time and effort on this thing now so yeah it's because it's distracting it's distracting and it's it be, it can become a black box and that's when it gets yeah that that's yeah. when it gets kind of uncomfortable because you also have no way of seeing what is going on behind right. the scenes right. so i love the, again i love the fact that we woven we've woven in programmatic and a compliment so yes. well done thank you <laughs> Every guest on our show gets a chance to talk about whatever they want for a minute or two. So without further ado, the floor is yours. Yeah, thank you. I'd love to talk about change. I think if I were to look back at my own life, it could be summed up in one world. And I I would say that word is change. All throughout this change, big and small, personal or professional, the one consistent thing has been me building building homes, building relationships, building independence, building responsibilities, building teams, capabilities, agencies. It's what I do and it's what I love. And it's what brought me to Fallon, an iconic agency that I I admired for many years for being bold and disruptive and creative. I'm incredibly proud of Fallon's history and all the amazing work that we're doing today together to build its future. And I think it's it's exciting. It's, um, It's exciting to think of this really complex world that we're all trying to make sense out of and also carve out a place where it's compelling and it's interesting and it's meaningful for for ourselves, for our clients, for organizations that we work with, for causes that we care about. So change, change is a good thing. And I, I love people who embrace that. Much like the must list, we like to end the show with one more piece of advice or wisdom. What is your last word? I think diversity. Diversity has been talked about for years. I would love for it to be lived. I want to look at the advertising world and see that diversity come to life organically and in so many different angles because I know that what it can contribute to our world is just tremendous. So let's make it happen. Thank you so much for hosting us here. Beautiful day. Thank you. ping pong game in the background. Uh, I'm I'm going to go over there and and I plan on winning. But thank you very much. Good luck to you and thanks for having me. Thank you and best wishes for continued success. Thank you. 